everybody. Welcome to the Fin Factor. I'm Paul. I'm Aaron. This is episode number 192. Aaron, the first thing I want to say, Nick HBK says, the question is, where are you guys live from? And I said, prepare yourself, Nick. Prepare yourself for disappointment is what I meant, buddy. Uh, no, we are not quite ready to go. Things are in transit. Uh, so it's a little bit of a project, but uh, it, it's it's looking really good. It's just a matter of time. As uh, what was it Peter St. John said that, I think he was trying to reassure you there. Uh, patience, Nick, says Peter St. John. All things come to those in time. Yes, it's taking a little bit more time than we uh, thought it was going to be. However, uh, I mean, just absolutely freaking embarrassing. And not really. Come on, man. Uh, Nick, uh, throwing a boo our way. That is that's rude. That's rude, Nick. You know, guys, if you don't want to be like Nick, maybe you just hit the thumbs up button right now because you're going to like this stream. There's a whole lot to talk about, a whole lot of really awesome games that happen. Personally, for me, you know how I am, Aaron. I want this team to be what they ought to be, which is a team in the basement, beyond the cellar, through the bedrock. Okay, that's where I'd like to see them. But you know what? Having a week like this, uh, first of all, it's very confusing for me, but also it's uh, it's pretty nice once in a while to just kind of get back to good Sharks hockey, talking about a whole week of, uh, you know, of wins and great plays and comebacks and people cheering for, for once in a long time. <laughs> so uh, it's going to be a good show, I hope. Now, to make this an even better show, of course, guys, please reach out to your Sharks friends and family. Please hit that retweet, repost, share send a carrier pigeon. I don't care. Get more people here in the chat. It's going to be a lot more fun. We got more folks in here. Nick throwing the thumbs down. That is rude. Oh my goodness. Everybody else, you give us the thumbs up and counteract this guy right here. Nick, I thought my thumbs down got flipped up. Uh, thumbs up got flipped upside down. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Whatever. Aaron, um, what a week of uh, hockey the sharks had. My goodness. Uh, was there something you wanted to jump into right now? You got, you got a smile on your face. I, don't I, know. I, I remember watching the Islanders game. I mean, that was right after the Rangers game where they almost came back against the Rangers. That was such a confidence booster for the Sharks. Then they they did it in the Islanders game. And I remember thinking afterwards, man, that's the first game of the week. They're probably going to lose the next two. And all the momentum for our show is just going to be awful because nobody's going to want to talk about a week ago when they beat the Islanders in this great game. And that's that seems so long ago because of the rest of the week so it's just amazing like looking back at the notes that we even put down from about a week ago um but yeah I, i'm just excited this whole week was amazing probably one of the best weeks that i've seen the sharks play in uh probably a few seasons now because this was exciting on the edge of your seat kind of hockey and stuff that um i miss i guess I want to go through a couple comments here real quick. Uh, and it's just just me pointing out the community that uh, that we have and that we've built here. Aaron, uh, we're on our sixth season, I believe. And um, just just again, the, the first few comments here, Keith, greetings, Paul, Aaron, Jason, the great fans of the Fin Factor, Peter St. John, evening boys. What's happening, Keith? Um yeah, Nick, of course, getting a little upset with us. We'll go ahead and skip past that one there. Uh, Peter St. John says, the fin factor is like the Sharks now, surprisingly resilient. Honestly, Peter St. John, uh, I'm a little offended. Okay, surprisingly? <laughs> Why surprisingly? My goodness. Uh, a little more faith, maybe. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, Alec Hagwood says, hope everyone's doing well. Uh, Keith saying, yay, fin factor live. Yeah, you know, again, guys. Uh, oh, yeah, Alec, again. Uh, who knew hockey could be exciting again? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I thought for sure uh hockey in san jose was going to be quite the downer for the rest of the season but glad to see we have certain weeks just like this one which we'll go ahead and jump straight into right now uh the san jose sharks taking on the new york islanders 
uh, in New York. This one, a 5-4 overtime win. Now, again, last time I called an overtime win, a shootout win, and uh, Aaron jumped all over me, so we'll make sure we get these correct tonight. Big difference. Uh, Big difference. What's that? There's a big difference. Between there the is absolutely one is a skills competition, the other one is hockey. I 100. But also agree in the standings, you. it's also very different in the standings. Absolutely, which I could care a little bit less about, to be honest with you. But uh, and we'll talk about how you don't like the, uh, the the shootout and you just want things to end in a tie. But uh, we'll get to that much later on. Uh, for now, however, the, the notable thing about this game: Sharks down four to one with just. 11 minutes, 33 seconds left in the third period, and uh, something miraculous happens here. Aaron, why don't you go ahead and take us through uh, the the happenings in this game? Uh, Sure. <laughs> I thought for sure, oh, man, down four to one. This is it. They're Dunsky. And uh, let's see. I'm trying to remember what, what the order was here because it was so long ago and so many um, uh, comebacks ago. Uh, Kevin LeBanc gets on the board. That's what it was. He tipped it in. It was a, just kind of a... Interesting little shot. Uh, Ahoychuk throws it towards the net. And um, it was actually Ahoychuk's birthday. And they thought he had scored it first, but LeBanc was celebrating. And sure enough, he got a stick on it, which was his first goal of the season. So it gets him off the schneid and and um, ready to start the season, I guess, 20-something games in. So uh, LeBanc gets one. It's like 4-2. You're like, oh, okay. All right. At least they're you know showing a little bit of fight here. And then, uh, was this about five minutes later? Tomas Hurdle scores a goal, and I think we have notes on this one, right? On Hurdle, um, he gets. Oh, that was the empty net. Yeah, that was the empty net. So at this point, they pull their goalie down by two. They pull their goalie, and Hurdle scores from uh, Eklund and Granlund. Got the assists here. Um, tying goal with Hurdle was just brilliant pass by Eklund. Hurdle scores again. This was uh, was this almost two minutes later. So there's about a minute and a half left in the game, and Hurdle ties it up, and it was a beautiful, beautiful goal. I, you should go back and watch these goals because they were just like, "Who are these sharks? This is amazing." Um, but uh, yeah, sorry. Uh, the tying goal was also Hurdle's was a hat trick. You know, last I think it was last week or two weeks ago. I was gonna ask the question for our our. Um, our roll call of do you think the sharks will ever even get a hat trick this season? <laughs> and sure enough, there it is. Like, I, and then I was trying to think, has there ever been a season where nobody's gotten a hat trick? Nobody on the sharks have gotten a hat trick. I don't think that's true. I could be wrong, but I think there has to be right. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure there's been a season or two where there's, there wasn't a hat trick score. That's I, w- I would think. I don't know, man. Well, I think, because when they first came on, they, the scoring was very high in the NHL. So, yeah, the Sharks are bad, but there were some games where they at least scored a bunch of goals. Kelly Kissio, yeah. like way back in the day, I'm talking before, like Cow Palace days, right? Like that was the days I was thinking maybe they didn't have one. But I don't know. That That's a question for Darren Stevens to look up. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, I want to call out specifically that it was a brilliantly patient pass by Eklund, okay? Because mm-hmm. we, we've been seeing this now out of this guy. Um, for, for me, Eklund, I, I'm sure he has a nice scoring touch and everything else, all well and good. But for me, the main thing that's got this guy on this roster and is going to keep him on this roster is his ability to make that pass, his ability to protect the puck until he sees a teammate 
uh, creating that passing lane, firing it over tape to tape. He does such an amazing job of doing that. Um, and I'm just really uh, very, very happy with Eklund's ability to make that pass and make everybody around him better. It's one thing to be a really good player on your own. It's quite another to be able to elevate the other people that are on your line. And we're talking about a guy who has very little NHL uh, games under his belt at this point in his career. And he's already making a very big impact on a team with a guy like a, a, a great veteran all-star type player in Tomas Hurdle, right? So for him to be able to have the season that he's having right now, um, it bodes very well for the future. And if the Sharks can go ahead and collect more of those prospects, more of those draft picks to get those those really high quality players in and perhaps in free agency, we attract some of those guys. And again, years to, to come down the road. This is such an amazing building block to have. And, it, you know, you look back at some of the other Sharks draftees that just did not pan out. Guys like Nikolai Goldobin, guys like Ryan Merkley and whatnot, you know, Finally, to hit one like this um, is just so refreshing and so encouraging for the Sharks' future. So I do want to point that out that, again, it's it's a very patient pass that Eklund made uh, to get uh, Tomas Hurdle one of those two uh, extra attacker goals there. And then, of course, Eklund with the overtime winner. Four seconds left, Aaron. There's not much time left on the clock there. Four seconds left. Now, the, who was it that dropped it to him? I can't remember. It was Granlin, maybe? Uh, I can't remember, but somebody was skating in and and they they took the defense uh, deep into the zone and he just drops it right off. And the D almost stepped up and picked it, but Eklund was able to get that shot off just in time. Four seconds left. Puck goes in. uh, Elation from the bench. Everybody's erupting, having a great time. Um, Yeah, just an amazing game and and such an amazing way to finish it. Aaron, avoiding the shootout because I know you don't like that. Uh, really just awesome stuff. You know, the other thing I want to call out here is we talked about the the amazing comeback that the Sharks had. And it may kind of go, um, I don't know, down the drain a little bit here because, you know, the Sharks had four goals against. But Kakinen had a pretty good game. I mean, yeah, you get four scored on you. But when you take a look at that, I mean, just look at the highlight videos, you'll see he made several breakaway saves. I think there was like three of them that the, uh, the guys that were announcing the game had even called it. Like, that's the third time. And, you know, again, without him stepping up and making those those big saves, I don't think the Sharks are even in this conversation, right? So for him as well, Kapokakinen, that is, um, just a great job in net. And, you know, lately he's actually kind of been looking like the better goaltender between him and and Blackwood. So, um, and, and again, the, the score for me was more of a reflection of the, the five-on-five play uh, or the five players in front of him as opposed to him himself. There's, uh, you know, again, uh, a few of them where there was like one in the feet and one where they just kind of let him go in, uh, you know, on a break and uh, some cross crease type stuff. There's a lot of goals that go in that, you know, you can blame the guys that are all around him. But uh, I think in this case here, uh, again, him stepping up, making some really big breakaway saves, uh, even though he gets four scored on him, they finally give him the run support and they come away with a nice big fat W against the New York Islanders. Aaron, anything else, uh, takeaways uh, from this game that you wanted to cover? Yeah, do you remember how exhausted Eklund was on that shift to score that goal? I think the puck was deep in the shark zone with about 11 seconds left, and they finally got the breakout, um, got the odd man break coming back, and even Eklund's shot, to me, didn't seem like it was that threatening, but I think the goalie got screened a little bit from the defenseman. Um, But... uh, Four seconds left. Fantastic. I'll take it. I hate the shootout. So I'm, I'm glad it was Eklund too. And Eklund had, he had um, 
right before that shift at the end of the game, he had a really long shift. I want to say like two shifts before that. So he was out there for a long time, went back to the bench uh, for the last maybe minute, and then uh, was able to get back on for one more shift at the very end. And you could tell he was gassed. He could barely move. And he was giving everything he had to get down the ice and was lucky enough to even get any kind of energy on that shot because he was so tired. But it was enough, and it was great. And that was his sixth goal of the season. So fantastic to see Eklund's starting to look like uh not that he doesn't belong because i feel like he has looked like he yeah. belongs but now he's starting to produce and produce kind of uh consistently so it's good to see him and his growth which is what something that we talked about in the beginning of the season what do we want to see in this season we know it's going to be a down year we want to see the growth we want to see these guys producing and, and getting better and improving game by game and we are seeing it with Eklund, zetterlin a couple other guys so uh Sharks hockey is exciting to watch, win or lose. Kellen Foster, uh, it was Granny Smith Granlin dropping apples for Eki the Gecky. I don't know about Eki the Gecky, uh, but yeah, <laughs> dropping apples. There you go, Granny Smith. It's it's catching on, I think, with the uh, Sharks community here, at least in ours. Uh, so yeah, yeah. I, I, thank you for the confirmation there, Kellen. Absolutely. Uh, Alex says that you're channeling Randy Hahn quite well. So uh, w- well done, Kellen. <laughs> Good job. Um, yeah, and Peter St. John, of course, making the observation here. Have you guys noticed how calm both goalies have been this season? Not a lot of panic in their play. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it looks that way to us. I mean, maybe, you know, underneath that mask, they're sweating bullets and we just don't see it. But uh, yeah, it has looked like they've kind of remained calm in net and they're not out there just swimming after every puck when something goes bad. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I, maybe that's that's part of the big contributing factor why both of them look so, so good so far this season. Again, Blackwood had kind of looked like the better goalie to me throughout the season for this week, at least Capo Kakin has really stepped up and we'll talk a little bit more about that uh, later on. Uh, so let's just go ahead and jump into the second game here for this, this uh, past week. It was the Sharks in Detroit. Now the, the nice thing about this was uh, Patrick Kane, I guess he didn't play the first two games that he could have played against the Rangers and the Blackhawks. So this was actually Patrick Kane's first game in a Detroit Red Wings uniform. Is that correct, Aaron? Correct. Yeah. First okay. game back after having major hip surgery. There you go. So um, <laughs> so Aaron, you have in the notes here that it was a wild game with four unanswered goals. And the only reason I'm throwing quotes, oh, by the way, that was in the second period. So yep. the, the, the Detroit Red Wings scored four goals in the second. The Sharks then backed it up with four goals of their own. Still in the second period. So an eight-goal yeah. second period, absolutely bonkers. Wild is the correct word to use here. However, when we say unanswered, this is just a pet peeve of mine. There were three goals that were unanswered. The fourth goal was answered by four more goals from the other team. So I I, I don't like this unanswered stuff. I, it's a technicality thing. It's a pet peeve of mine. So I'm just letting you know. Um, but yes, uh, there were there were four straight goals followed by... Four straight goals. We could say it that way, but uh, yeah, when something's member. unanswered, it's like the the telephone's ringing. Okay, is it unanswered while it's still ringing? It's unanswered when you don't pick it up. So that's my little spiel on that one. Regardless, uh, Blackwood lets in four goals on eighteen shots. Again, he's looked great, but I don't know. Recently, just kind of a little bit off. Do you think maybe there's something going on with Blackwood we just don't know about? Or is he just kind of, as you might say, uh, market correcting here? I don't think it's market correcting. It could be just a little bit of fatigue because they've been leaning on him more than Kakanen. It's been less 
I would say what three games to one game starts going Blackwood to Kakinen. So I think it just maybe caught up to him. Um, just a little bit of fatigue. And I mean, it's not like Kakinen's getting shutouts over here. He's, he's letting in, but yeah, letting in probably just as many goals, but um, they're at least uh, pull the sharks are able to score. That's the difference. So they're able to score and, and um, get him out of those holes. But what a disastrous power play for the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, Mark Edward Vlasic takes yeah. a penalty, right? Goes in the box. On that penalty, it's already 4 nothing, Detroit. On that penalty, Hurdle scores a shorthanded goal. Zetterlin scores a shorthanded goal. Vlasic comes out of the box of his penalty and gets uh, not quite a breakaway. It was like a two-on-one. And passes it across for Nico Sturm. That's three goals from one penalty. That is quite the disastrous power play. And then the first, I wouldn't even say shift, the first play after the penalty is over. Um, so all of a sudden now it's it was 4 nothing, and then it's quickly 4-3 to three in two and a half minutes. Not even two and a half. Yeah, I guess two and a half, whatever. Two minutes. Two minutes, and three goals. That was incredible. And then the Sharks were able to tie it. Now, usually... I feel like this entire season, the Sharks are the ones that have been giving up goals like what? The very end of the period, right? Going up or uh, going into the period and you're only down by one. Then all of a sudden you give up another one and it's a quick two two goal hole going into the next period. This time the Sharks scored with 23 seconds left to tie the game up. You're down 4 nothing halfway through that. Um, more than halfway through. like You got about five minutes left in the period. In the second period, down 4 nothing, and you end up tying it up. Going into that third period, that's a lot of momentum. Um, and then coming out of the third period, Detroit scores, they go up five, four. And you're like, Oh, all that hard work is gone, but no pull the goalie hurdle scores again with the goalie pulled to tie the game to send it to overtime. It's just, I was going nuts on the couch at this point. Um, I was watching with my kids too, again. So I actually was watching both the Islanders game and the Red Wings games with my kids on the couch. And we were jumping and screaming when they tied the game up. Uh, it was fantastic. It was fun for them to see too. Sean Savage says, wasn't Blackwood pulled after that fourth cut co- cause a shift in the other direction? Yes, uh, he, he was um, the first four went in on the 18 shots. And as Aaron said, they had, <laughs> man, they got a penalty like on, on the fourth goal. I think it was what Vlasic was sliding on his book. I mean, let's to, to go through these first four goals. Um, and I, 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 to be fair, right. It's not really on, Blackwood that much. Um, the first one was lost in Ferraro skates. I had it mixed up from the other game. The first one was lost in Ferraro skates on the doorstep. He was looking around himself and they just tapped it through his legs and in the net. Uh, the next two were actually deflection goals. So really hard for a goaltender to pick those up. And then the fourth one had Ferraro flat foot and Vlasic was sliding on his backside. Um, apparently in the process of sliding on his backside or perhaps getting up and saying something to the ref, he got a penalty. That's what kickstarted everything that Aaron just talked about with the two shorthanded goals. And then Vlasic stepping out of the box. Nine seconds later, they score again on a beautiful pass from him to Sturm. So um, it, it was just weird that all that kind of happened so quickly. Uh, but yes, absolutely. Blackwood was pulled. So Kakinen was actually the goalie of record for this game. He was uh, the one that was in net and they scored all those goals to come on back. So um, just, yeah, amazing thing. Uh, Peter St. John saying normally a four goal hole is usually a death sentence. Absolutely. You go down four goals right off the hop 
it's usually not just a whole bunch of bad luck, it, you know, and it's a good team, then they're going to come back. Don't worry about it. It's usually they're just a bad team and they're getting four goals scored on them because they're bad, right? So for them to come back from that is just, again, mind-blowing, especially after what had happened just the night previous. You're not thinking the Sharks have that much, you know, luck in, in, their, uh, in their tank there. So for them to be able to do this, simply amazing. Now, Aaron, uh, they, they then send it into overtime, right? And... Uh, it's 37 seconds into the overtime period. Zetterlin picks this puck up. He fakes a slap shot to, and then it goes over to Grandland and Grandland buries it. Now he, this is kind of the same type of goal that, uh, when Vlasic floated it over to Sturm for that third goal, it was the same type of thing. Pull the goalie towards the, to the right, do like a slap pass across to the left and then one times it in. Right. So just a, a beautiful job of moving the puck. And uh, I think we've got a tweet here um, that you wanted to go ahead and bring up. So why don't we go ahead and do that now? Sure. I mean, just absolutely freaking embarrassing. <laughs> Something's embarrassing. There we go. Uh, <laughs> go ahead, Aaron. Randy. Randy tweeted this out after the game. In my 32 years in this job, never a game like that. Never a week like this. Uh, little did Randy know <laughs> that there would be the next <laughs> game. In Vegas, where they almost pulled it up, almost, but it was, eh, we don't, we have to, we'll get into it in a little bit, but, um, yeah, that, that, I mean, Randy, of all the things that Randy's done, right, in his whole career, that was the craziest week. Sure, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, Zephyr, Zephyr caught my to be fair. There you go. See, I'm not the only one. Um, he says, where's the toaster though? He wants the toaster. Uh, oh, maybe we'll it. throw that on the set. I'm not sure when, once we get the set going here. Oh, wait, Aaron's got it. Where, you, do you have it there? Does it got a sticker on? There you go. A little shiny on the toaster. Top five craziest games I've ever seen, says Zephyr on that one, by the way. Good stuff. Um, <laughs> here we are being critics of the Sharks, but how many weeks does it take to build a Fin Factor desk? Buddy, uh, wait until you see the final product. There's been a lot of work that went into this, so I'm very proud of it. Uh, I know everybody's just as excited as we are to see it, and maybe some a little more sarcastic than others, Scott. Uh, but, you know, it's coming. I promise uh, it'll be here soon enough, and uh, I just can't wait to share that with you guys. So there you go. Uh, Zephyr says, haha, love it. There you go. Um, but, yeah, you know, again, just another amazing game. Uh, a very big come from behind victory for the Sharks. Uh, again, pulling the goalie to get some goals here, or, or to, in this case, just to get the one, and then uh, coming out victorious in the overtime period. Uh, just amazing stuff. Now, Aaron, the Sharks then go and they play in uh, Vegas against the Golden Knights. Now, this one ended up in a loss, but it was a shootout loss. And I want to say that right because I don't need you. Jumping down on my back on this one. So the tie, um, the tie okay. with a coin flip. Was that? It's a tie with a coin flip. It's a tie with a coin flip. Yeah, Aaron. Aaron would rather it just end in ties, but that's okay. Uh, Aaron. So we've got uh, someone who who was gone, and they have returned. <laughs> and of course, we're talking about one of my favorite players, the Grand Admiral, Grand Admiral himself, Henry Thrun. Super Producer Jason. <laughs> He does not flee. So there you go. Uh, he's in the lineup, and uh, Mark Edward Vlasic was scratched for 
personal reasons. I don't know, Aaron, do we have uh, any sort of insight on that one? Uh, I'd rather not say. Okay. I don't want to speculate on anything, but uh, he's going through some stuff outside of hockey. Okay, well, there you go. Uh, I, I can't remember who it was, but one of the other players, not with the Sharks, uh, was out for personal reasons and turned out they uh, he was having, or his wife was having a child. And I think that Randy had called that one out on the air. It was an, uh, one of the opposing team player. Um, regardless, uh, this is the third straight game where the Sharks send the game to overtime by pulling their goaltender. Um, the, the one that I want to call out here is the goal that gets them into the overtime period. Um, this was one that everybody on the ice, except for Bailey, who was providing the net front screen, by the way. So doing his job, but everybody on the ice touched the puck before this puck went in. This went from Zetterland to Granland to Barabanov download a hurdle who rifles it back uh, into the slot for Hoffman, who one times it and goes in the net. Just an amazing tick, 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 tack, toe play. Absolutely phenomenal passing. And again, we've talked a lot about Eklund being that guy that makes these setups. Eklund wasn't even in this game. Like he was out. So for them to be able to, to make passes like this to each other, all five guys that are there, again, sorry, the, the six-player Bailey, but he was doing his job. He was tying up the defenseman in front of the net and providing a screen. So kudos to him as well. Everybody was in on this goal, I guess is what I'm saying. Um, this was just one of those those things where, you know, you, you, you talk to the 10U kids and you say, you know what, you can go coast to coast in 10U and you can score a goal, and that's all well and good. But plays like this are the things that are going to help you move on to the next level. And not even just the next age group, but the next tier, right? If you're playing in BB or you're playing in A and you're trying to get to that next level, it's stuff like this, not your ability to take the puck coast to coast on your own. It's your ability to have your eyes up and make these types of passes and execute these types of plays that coaches are going to look at you and go, nice job, dude. So for, for me, this was one of those ones that you take a clip, you save it, and you show just repeatedly. Like these are the types of goals that we want. So anyway, I was just really happy with that goal. It got us into the overtime period. Unfortunately, um, the Sharks couldn't capitalize this overtime period. But I will say it seemed like they had possession of the puck quite a bit. Um, I know uh, Jack Eichel, he's one of the best takeaway guys in the NHL. He did take the puck away quite a few times. But, I mean, I have to say the Sharks did such a great job of controlling the puck for the majority of this period. Um, Certainly, it could have gone the other way really easily in the overtime. But they bring it to the shootout and unfortunately that is where it ends and the sharks uh, winning streak dies right there however their point streak stayed alive and on the week for a possible six points they end up with five pretty good aaron uh way better than i think anyone really thought going into this road trip uh one thing i was going to say is um going back to the vegas the beginning of the vegas game i guess um this was a scheduled loss for Vegas. They were on the road the night before playing a game the night before the Sharks came into Vegas, I think the day before and had a basically a day of rest while they were already there. So going back, I was going to look it up real quick, but I'm not going to look it up. But uh, going back, remember we, I think it was the Colorado Avalanche came in and played and destroyed the Sharks. Was it the Avalanche or was it someone else that came in? Maybe it was Vegas, actually. Um Earlier in the season, the Sharks had a home game and they were on the road the night before and then came home and played a game that was... The team was rested. This is exact same situation. So the Sharks 
extending it to overtime benefited them more than it did Vegas because they had some tired legs. And I think it kind of showed in that game towards the end of the game, the third period in the overtime, um, they did look a little slow, sluggish and tired, but um, kudos to the Sharks for for coming back and doing that. Um, and yes, I, I still hate the shootout, but uh, there was a comment here from Sean Savage. Bailey has been a great addition. I feel he's been noticeable probably every game since joining I agree. I actually saw Bailey uh, two days before he got called up. He was at the Barracuda game and he was playing and he was noticeable there. Um, granted, he's noticeable because he's enormous and especially in the AHL where he's probably bigger than most of the guys on the team. Um, he really stood out, but the little details in his game really are what is separating him from a lot of guys, but he's consistent. I think every game he's been solid. I don't think he's really had a really bad game. Um, which is why he's in the lineup. And it's good to see him rewarded with both playing time and he's starting to get some points. Um, I think he's a great addition. And on a good team, I think he would be a excellent fourth liner. Probably, you know, potential-wise would be up on the third line. Um, but he is a fantastic, fantastic player and fun to watch and fun to watch him um, get on the scoreboard. Every now and then he, he can certainly be as valuable to a playoff team as uh, Barclay Goodrow was for the lightning. Mm-hmm. Let's put it that way. I think yeah. again, uh, he has been absolutely 100% noticeable uh, as many of you guys are agreeing with right now. Uh, every time I see him out there, he is skating as hard as he can. He's using that big body. Um, he he's, he's making guys kind of freak out a little bit and throw the puck. So he's doing all the things that you want a guy in his position to do to grind it out. Um, you know, the, the hard skating and the pushing towards the wall, uh, forcing them to make a pass, it, whether it's a good pass or a bad pass, doesn't matter. Forcing them to do that, not giving them time and space. Uh, and again, in the earlier game that we talked about, he was providing that net front screen. And like, it, it, he's a big body. So for him to be able to stand his ground in front like that, tying up a defenseman, those are like small things, but they're valuable. He may not be getting a point out of that. But again, coaches are going to see that and go, man, that's, that's the type of stuff that we really want from, from the guys on our team, and especially if it's like a fourth-line guy that can help contribute in that way. He's not just going to soak up some minutes, right? So this is a guy I think that's been absolutely phenomenal for the Sharks. I'm so glad that he was able to get that shot, and I, I still agree with what Hedekin said, and we talked about it last week. He should not be in the AHL anymore. He deserves to be an NHL player uh, from this point on, and until I see otherwise, I 100% agree with that statement. So... Uh, again, very happy with his play uh, along with a lot of the other Sharks here. Uh, Nick HBK, he says, oh, we can't keep accumulating points like this if we <laughs> want to get number one. We're on pace for 73 points if we keep forcing OT. Now, Aaron, I, I maybe I said this out of order because I know you want to talk a little bit about how you hate the shootout, but maybe we're beating a dead horse there. But if you want to do that now, we can. Otherwise, um, I'm, I'm going to – actually, you know, I'm going to do the roll call right now, and you can still talk about the shootout, how you hate it. So – Again, Nick had brought up that we're on pace for 73 points. Um, so the roll call question is going to be, which city, of course, are you guys watching us from? And do you think the Sharks will get over 68 points? Aaron, that is what we had predicted the over-under being, 68 points. I think you might have taken the over or at 68, and I said there's no way. We have to be under if we're supposed to be the worst team in the league, if we're supposed to have a shot at Macklin Celebrini, 68 points ain't going to get it done. we got to be lower than that. Right now, on pace for 73, 
I don't know, man. Do you think that we're we're going to be above 68 now, or do you think we're still in that realm? I think we can, after watching this week, and not even just this week alone, but the last month, last at least three weeks, I feel like they can push to get over, get close to 70, like over 68. I, I think the over. I'm more confident now that they would be over 68, which is what I said they would in the beginning of the season. I was really nervous after the month of October that they weren't going to get over 50. But um, to me, I think uh, if they keep playing the way that they are right now, it also is going to depend after the trade deadline, how many players, key pieces they're going to lose. Is that's going to hurt them, obviously. But they still haven't had their number. I'd say number two center, Logan Couture, is still not played yet. So that's, I think, a big piece that's going to be coming once he's up and running because not just offensively, defensively, he's going to help that team a lot more, um, even in the face-off circle. So once he's there, man, they're going to be solid with Hurdle, Couture, and Granlund, and Sturm up the middle. They're going to have a lot of options and winning a lot more face-offs than they are right now. I have to say, Aaron, I am thoroughly confused by this team. (laughs) <laughs> okay, the only thing I know for sure, okay, and I'm not sure if I put a note in it, and if I put a note in it, I'll just say it twice, I guess, during the show. The only thing I know for sure, Aaron, is that this is a team whose identity is you cannot think that you've put us away regardless of the time on the clock, what period we're in, or how far back we are because they just keep plugging away, and it's not like, oh, we're down. Okay, superhuman status. Let's all play hero hockey and try to do it ourselves. It's they just stick to the plan and mm-hmm. they just keep plugging away. And eventually it starts chipping away at a team that maybe got a little overconfident. And here they are back in the game. So I am thoroughly confused, though, with what are we a good team? Are we a bad team? I don't think we're necessarily the absolute worst team in the league anymore. Um, but <laughs> I, I can't figure us out. And, and the thing that bothers me is I do not want to be. Oh, nice, uh, Adam. Well, well done. Uh, I, I do not want to be the 12th worst team, the 13th worst team, the 14th worst team. Either we got to be the worst or we got to be a playoff team. Now, that's speaking from the perspective of a fan. Obviously, 100%. The players don't care about that. The players are playing for their contract. The players don't want to try to get the top draft pick and have that guy come in and take potentially their job away. They don't want that. So, yes, 100%. I don't think the players share the fan sentiment when it comes to you know getting first overall picks or whatever else. Even the coaches, uh, I would think, are kind of on that same ship. Perhaps the GM is going well for the future of the franchise. Yes, absolutely. I'll take the worst record we could possibly get this season so we can get you know, the top prospect, if we're not going to be a playoff team. Um, But, you know, from a fan perspective, again, I'm confused. I don't know if I should be happy, Aaron, that they got five out of six possible points against some pretty good teams, or if I should be, you know, uh, upset because, again, the way I'm going into the season is we got to get under 68 points if we really want a shot at getting that top pick. And right now we're looking like a, a, a better team than that, and I just don't know. What's your take? I I want everyone to temper expectations that the Sharks are going to get the first overall pick because there's a very good chance that they will not, even if they're the worst team in the league, there's still a very good chance that they will not get that first overall pick. So I think people focused too much last year on Bedard and focused too much on Celebrini. Uh, This year, I I just 
don't get your hopes up that it's a slam dunk because Chicago right now looks awful. They are a dumpster fire. Yeah, they have Bedard and they're exciting and they have, he makes some cool plays, but the Sharks have caught them in the standings. Uh, they are tied with them in points, but Chicago has a game in hand, so technically they're they have a better win percentage right now. But Anaheim, Chicago, and even I would say eh, maybe not Ottawa, but Columbus, because Columbus is getting hammered with injuries yet again this year. Those guys are all going to be in the mix for the worst overall by the end of the season, the worst overall um, team. So again, to me, I look at the season as I want the Sharks to get a top five pick at the minimum. If they get anything better than that, great. If not, then I feel like it's a disaster. So I want them to play exciting hockey that's entertaining. I don't care if they're dead last. They don't. I don't think they should be dead last um, because then they're going to get dead last and someone's going to win the lottery and the Sharks fans will be pissed about it. You know what I mean? So it's just it's a lose-lose situation to me. So temper your expectations. Top five pick. It's going to be a great pick. Um, the Sharks have never had the first overall pick and not that I'm saying that they won't ever, but the chances are not in their favor. So even in last place, don't get too excited. Um, 100%. On you. <laughs> I, I agree with you that it's not a slam dunk. However, um, to have the best odds, uh, bodes better than having the 12th best odds, I guess you I could say. I, to me, this team is not going to be. Uh, so you think they're above 68 yeah. points and they're not going to be last? Absolutely. Okay. I think they'll be in the the top five worst teams, if you will. Um, uh, they'll get over 65 points, but I think there's going to be a team or two that'll be below them by the end of the season. <laughs> Zephyr 530 says uh, that we're looking a lot better than the 20 points we were on pace for a few weeks ago. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Sean Savage, uh, I thought the over last time, he's taking me over again. Although he seems to think there's a conspiracy. There's no chance the NHL gives the first overall to the Sharks. Sean, I don't know, dude. I think it's just, you know, the the ball's bouncing around and then you just pick one. Um, Fresno, uh, Peter St. John says, uh, if we get injured, uh, our injured guys back, we might do more than just get over 68 points. Peter St. John, I hope you're not thinking that we're going to be a playoff team because you might be very disappointed. Uh, I would be most disappointed, though, again, to be uh, between a playoff team and the 10th worst, let's put it that way. Somewhere between there would be uh, really bad for me. Uh, Alex says, yes, he thinks that they are going to be over. Thazal says over. Um, Grandizer says, could Sharks get get really close to 500 by January? Aaron, we started off 0 and 11, or was it 0, 10 and 1? Something like that. 0, 10 um, and 1. What was that? 0, 10 and 1. 0, 10 and 1. Um, I don't know. How far away are we from 500? Do you think we can get there by January? Technically, you can get there by January, but I don't think they will because okay. they're 8, 17, and 3 right now. Lucky Frog, our buddy Adam, says at least 69 points. Nice. Uh, he says, uh, oh, Peter St. John says that the Sharks are pushing and getting close to a wild card. Do you trade or do you buy? Ooh. If they're close to a wild card, Aaron, do no. you? But see, see, now wait a minute. Now, wait I don't a minute. Think, well, I don't think they'll be there. That's I don't think they'll be in a Fair spot enough. to be in a wild card. Let's pretend, Aaron. Let's pretend. Okay. 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 Make believe. All right. We'll put our little thinking caps on here. All right. <laughs> there you go. Um, let's pretend that they are in this position, though. Let's pretend that come the trade deadline, we're looking like possibly we could make it into a wild card spot as GM Mike Greer. Again, we're pretending. Do you reward these guys 
and help bring in a little bit of talent that might help them get over the hump, even if it means you're going to be, you know, potentially the last in the, the, the lottery. I mean, at that point, what are you trying to bring in a, a top scoring guy that is going to come in the mix when this team has come together without having a superstar player on their team already? There's not really it's not really a good answer. I mean, they don't they definitely don't need third and fourth liners to come in here. <laughs> so I I don't know who they would want to bring in unless it's like a high scoring. a high. You know what I mean? Like a, you would need a superstar player to come in here that is looking to go on a run with a team and go deep, which the sharks are not it. And uh, then you're taking, then you're messing up with the chemistry of what got them there in the first place. Cause they're a hardworking team that's putting things together. And there's not just one player that's carrying the team. You know, it's not like you're going to add Ovechkin for a year, right. Or for this year and, and yeah. try and get there. It's just, it, it wouldn't work. So no, no, and no, they won't get there in the first place, but no. What if you're not bringing in a scoring winger? What if you're bringing in somebody who solidifies your defense? That's different. That's probably the biggest hole that they have as a defense. So but. that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking, wait a minute. If 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 they're clicking as forwards, right? And again, we, we'll have Logan Couture, playoff beast, back in the fold, right? Um, what if what you're bringing in is just a guy who is what Mark Edward Vlasic was, a decade ago, right? What if you're bringing in a guy like that who doesn't screw up much chemistry, right? That could be interesting. But the other thing is those guys are not cheap because they're so rare. So you're giving up a lot for it. Why would you do that? That's, that's that not where fair. we are right now. It's not well, where we you'd are. be doing that because you have the potential of being a playoff team. That's a shift in, in the way that we're looking right now, at least. This, this is not New York or Toronto or a team that needs to make playoffs or they're not going to sell tickets. This is not that team. We're a small market team. It's not going to matter. So I I think it's you're shooting yourself in the foot instead of looking long term. It's not going to be good. Well, Shang, if I knew that answer, then I wouldn't have. Uh, we would have started off better. <laughs> I don't like your logic, Aaron. I'm taking my my Sorry, man. cap off. Sorry. <laughs> wah, wah. Well, well, uh, Keith, I admire your honesty, Keith. He says he's from West San Jose. That's where he's watching from. And he says, I don't know. Thank you, Keith, for your input. <laughs> I appreciate your comment, buddy. <laughs> Good stuff. Oh, my goodness. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. Talking about desert dog stuff. Okay. I think we're, we're good there. Um, let's see. EK65 back to San Jose. Colin, that's not what I meant. I didn't mean a scoring defenseman. No, but you know, it's kind of a problem right now is that? Pittsburgh is in the bottom 10 and their first round pick for Carlson is top 10 protected. Yeah. But, but, but with the talent that's on that team, you have to imagine it's just a little bit of gelling that they need to do. And as the season progresses, they should be a little bit better. I would think, you know, the top story on NHL.com was no, uh, I just went away. Um, the GM coming out and saying that the coach's job is safe. Whenever that happens, that means his job is not safe. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Zephyr says, John Scott, I'm assuming you want me to sign John Scott as the uh, defensive player. <laughs> that would not go well. I don't think. All right, Aaron, I think we're good with the roll call. Hey guys, again, thank you so much for all of your comments, uh, dropping in there, letting us know where you're from and, and letting us know, uh, if you think they're, I think most people, Aaron said they, they're taking the over. Yeah, I mean, they've seen what they just did this week. I was like, gonna say, 
there's so much. I mean, and there was a comment in here. Who was it? Uh, I don't know. Kellen, when did teams start playing their top goalies against the Sharks? You know, I was keeping track of that a little bit of how many backups are playing this week. Yeah. When they played the Islanders, they played against Sor- Sororkin. I think that's how you pronounce it. Uh, that's their starter. Detroit, they played Huso. That's their starter. Oh, now, God. Vegas, I think Hill was either hurt or sick, so he missed the game. So it wasn't like they they opted to play their backup, but he was their third-string goalie, essentially, that played. But I think that was because they had played the night before. So I think Logan Thompson played the night before, and then I, I didn't look that up. But that's, that's what I'm guessing. But um, their third-string goalie jumped in to play against the Sharks because, sure, why not get some experience in? But um, teams are starting to respect the Sharks a little bit more, especially after this week. I mean, so this week's going into like this last week, not even, or sorry, the last two weeks, the the whole road trip, the Sharks played three of the top three teams in the league, the top three, which is the Golden Knights are number one, took them to overtime, lost in a shootout, which is dumb. The Rangers, they almost beat, they almost came back and tied it. The Bruins, they got shut out by. Um, uh, The Islanders are in 11th in the league, so almost top 10. Detroit is right behind them in 12 um, with 32 points. And then who is the last one? The Devils they beat, which the Devils, the Devils, man, their home record is 5-6-1. It's not good. Not good. Um. Anyway, they they played some good teams and they're playing their goalies, their top goalies. So I don't know. Is it still embarrassing to lose the Sharks? I think less so. <laughs> Definitely less so. Now that I mean, just absolutely freaking embarrassing. After this road trip, it. <laughs> after this road trip, uh, I don't think it's as embarrassing anymore. I think teams now know that they have to work hard. The Sharks are finally the team that Greer wants them to be, where they're grinding out wins or at least making it very hard for the other team to yeah, steamroll them. Noah Claxton with a good point here. I wouldn't mind if the pick gets slotted to next year unprotected. I think Pittsburgh will be worse next year. So I don't know, Aaron, maybe we're rooting for them to be in uh, the lottery range there, the top 10. Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to click on the details here and see if that's okay. what the condition is. While you're doing that, uh, I just want to call out Nick HBK. Uh, he's adamant. He says under in all caps with uh, one, two, three exclamation points uh, for those people who are listening on the podcast. He is he's serious. So there you go. Thanks for for that, Nick. Uh, Mikey says the Penn's power play is a mess. Wait, didn't they get Eric Carlson? Yes, they did. Mikey Not to rub it in. He's a great offensive defenseman. I want to hear it just because they're having problems. Whatever. <laughs> I don't want to hear about freaking fragile. OK, <laughs> you know, it's funny. Remember when Carlson came and it was Carlson and Burns? Didn't the Sharks have problems for a little bit? Yeah, in the beginning. Oh yeah, same kind of thing, same kind of deal. Absolutely. Sometimes you have a, just a lot of talent. And that was one of the things that they focused on was can Eric Carlson play with Latang? Because well, they, I don't think they put Latang on the top power play until recently. Okay. With him. well, I don't it mean was- together play with together. I mean uh, in the same way that he played with Burns. Uh, just, you know, both of them being kind of like the top dogs offensively mm-hmm. on the blue line. Right. So uh, I know that was kind of a bit of a talking point for a while there. So maybe maybe there's just something with Eric Carlson playing with other very talented offensive defensemen that just doesn't work out. I don't know. But um, certainly the player himself is an amazing talent. 
Uh, there's no denying that. So um, I bet I bet we see the Penguins if they don't turn it around the next by New Year's, they're going to fire their coach, which is Sullivan, who they won two cups with one against the Sharks. And he's a former Shark from way back in the day. Yeah, just kind of cool. Uh, Nick also reminding us that the uh, Penguins are three points from their pick belonging to the Sharks. Yes, Nick, that's awesome. Uh, we have to wait till the end of the year, of course. But uh, for now, uh, it's that, that looks pretty good to me. So we'll see. Uh, hopefully they uh, they pick it up a little bit. But uh, again, best case for Sharks is they end 11th. Worst yeah, for this year. <laughs> right. Right. It'd be better if they were in the top 10 this year and then next year they were like trash. But whatever. Anyway uh oh zephyr that's see again being rude it's okay i'll read it anyway zephyr it's not a contract year for ek65 so <laughs> last year wasn't a contract year yeah fair enough um is quinn going to stay yeah sure quinn will stay his job is safe right aaron i think so i think there you go now after the last couple of weeks i feel like his the players have bought in i think part of it too is um they had some injuries so like like bear Bonoff just came back but um, I think it took a little while for the players to kind of get the not quite new system, but the new players in the system and who are on their lines. The chemistry wasn't quite there yeah. and they didn't have much practice because they had so many games close together that they just didn't have time to practice or do anything. So I think now it's that was a very long preseason for the Sharks. October was a long month. Even the early parts of November were pretty brutal. So I think they uh, they just look. They look more like what I was expecting them to look like to start the season to not to not be winning a lot of games, but not be getting destroyed in a lot of games and still be entertaining. Well, we've got some hot streaks to talk about over this uh, past six game road trip. You've got a lot of stats here. I want to give you the floor. So just go ahead and start running through some of these guys. Uh, some uh, pretty uh, uh, amazing numbers. Uh, one guy in particular, I'll go ahead and cut you off once you get there, but go ahead. Fire away. <laughs> Um, all right, so I'll start off with Tomas Hurdle. They got the goal scorer. Uh, in the six game road trip, he had five goals and three assists with 21 shots on goal. Uh, next up is M- Mikhail Granland, Michael Granland, okay, Mikhail or Michael, two goals, nine assists, plus seven and 19 shots on goal. And I think he was named player of NHL player of the week. Um, nice. two weeks ago, I did NHL. not know that, but this is where I'm going to cut you off. I love this. About Granlin here, you take a look, and again, the nickname Granny Smith. Why? Uh, just because of Granlin and Granny Smith. It just sounded, but I like that you said well, because of apples. Well, take a look. Nine assists in in these six games to go with his two goals on. You know, he's just he's producing so well. You know, the the shot that he took, um, one of the 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 overtime games, he ripped the shot. I think it was the the Detroit game. He ripped the shot. It goes off the end wall on the back or the back wall, I guess, and it pops right out, and and then they put it in, and it's just like. He, he's he's thinking this done. game through. You know, he was loading up like he was going to put it on net, and he deliberately shot this thing yeah. wide so it would bounce off the the, the back wall and come yeah. out. And I believe it was Hurdle was there, and he banged it in. And again, just a really smart heads up play from a guy who's not a defenseman who's been playing the point every single time the Sharks pull their goaltender. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then on that five man unit, he's the guy that's usually at the top point as well. So just uh, very relied upon and very trusted forward to play in that position on the blue line. And it's been paying off again, nine assists. Uh, and, and I love that he got, uh, he's got the two goals. The one was the, uh, the overtime winner that Zetterlin uh, did the, the fake slap shot. we talked about earlier and he was able to bang that one in good for him. Um, and 19 shots is certainly 
quite a bit. That's for six games. That's over three a game on average. So, um, yeah, Granlin's just playing uh, really, really well. Super happy we got this guy and that he's fitting into the system and and all that jazz. So, uh, very happy with him. You may continue, sir. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, he was the player of the week, NHLPA player of the week for uh, was it December first to seventh, the very first week of December. Um, anyway, he. Yeah, he's been amazing and he continued it during the week. Uh, William Eklund, five games. He did miss the Vegas game, so he only played five of the six. Two goals and three assists. That's a point per game. Plus one, 11 shots on goal. It's good to see him starting to shoot a little bit more and get a little more confident and getting on the score sheet. So, um, uh, yeah. And then Capo Kakin is the last guy I wanted to highlight here. He played four games against the Devils, the Islanders, the Red Wings, and the Golden Knights. And in fact, the Red Wings is the one that he came in in relief. Uh, he got three wins, 3.39 goals against average. It's like the 80s again. 903 save percentage. Um, but what I was thinking, or what I looked up, is high danger percentage. I was curious what that was, because that's kind of a, a good determination of goalies that are better than others, I think. Kind of like more of a reactionary kind of save. Um, he's at a 57, which sounds low, but that's actually pretty decent. And that put him in 10th for the last two weeks in the NHL. And that's, uh, I was looking at goalies who played at least three games for the last two weeks and that put him in 10th place. So, uh, you have a note in here, the book on him. Yeah. Go yeah. I, I could hear the, uh, the other teams, uh, announcers, um, during some of the, the highlight videos that I was watching on some of these, because I, mean, I was watching these games live, but then I kind of go back as we're doing for the show and whatnot, and uh, I'm, I'm hearing some of the things that the other guys are, are talking about, and they're saying, yeah, oh, there it is, high glove, right? And uh, even in the shootout, we saw against um, the Vegas Golden Knights, I think both of the goals went over the glove, or at least went glove side. Um, and I think that's kind of the book on him is if you're trying to score on Kyle Kakinen, shoot over the glove. And um, I was just kind of an interesting note that I, I, I thought I'd make here. I mean, he's been playing really well. Uh, again, the numbers are, are pretty good, but it seems like if we're going to say, hey, there's an area for you to work on, it seems like everybody else knows this as uh, to shoot over the glove. So uh, just kind of an interesting note that uh, I thought I'd throw into the show there so that's really all i had to say about that one but one thing i did want to bring up was peter st john talking about x shark noah gregor he's got a question about noah gregor here the only thing i'm going to say about noah gregor is okay fine okay fine 25 games in it's about a third of the season he's got four goals so technically yes on pace for what 13 maybe 14 he's on pace wait wait. is that is 13 more than 10? Uh, I'm going to get my calculator here. I'll be right back. Yes, Aaron. Yes. However, four is still less than 10, my friend. It doesn't matter what you're averaging. It doesn't matter what you're projected. It matters what you got. Okay. They don't ask how many you might have. They ask how many you do have. That's a new saying. I just coined it. Boom. Four goals on the season so far. We'll see. We'll keep an eye on that. We may need to have a Noah Gregor slide. I don't know. But uh, this keeps coming up. And uh, if he gets to 10, uh, so be it. How many uh, 10 goal scorers are on the Sharks right now? That is a great question. How many do we have? Zero. How many projected 10 goal scorers no, do no, we you have said now? How many more guys have you do we done have for me lately, four right? goals or more, What have Aaron? you done for me now? What have you done for me now? We how have many zero goals? 10 goal scorers. How many, how many goal scorers do we have that have four or more? 
Let's just say if Noah Gregor and his four goals were on the Sharks. Yeah. He would be in seventh place. Great. Okay. Uh, he's got one assist, by the way. So we're talking about Granlin with his uh, nine assists over the past six games. I'll take that all day long. You're making your teammates around you better. There's a difference. Okay. <laughs> all right. Anyway. Uh, okay. So let's see. Noah's working on his hat trick still. Put, yeah. Well, there you go. All right. What are we saying here? <laughs> Moving on. Uh, Capo. We talked about Capo. Road trip. Saw them play the top three teams. You said that. Uh, still more regulation wins than Montreal. And Seattle, Seattle to me, that was interesting because I thought Seattle was going to be a much better team. Uh, a little bit of regression because they had a lot of puck luck last year. So whenever you see a team that has a lot more puck luck, um, you'll see a little bit of regression, a market correction, if you will. Um, also, the the Pacific Division with L.A. and even Anaheim, Anaheim hasn't been great, but they're a better team than they were last year. Just the competition is kind of getting a little stiffer. Um so, yeah, Montreal, though, Montreal's kind of not that great. They're kind of a mediocre team as well, but a team that won't be in last place by the end of the season. Um, they only have five. So Montreal and Seattle still only have five regulation wins. Now, if you look at row, so if you include overtime, overtime wins along with regulation wins, the Sharks have eight and only Seattle has less at seven. But Chicago... Anaheim, Columbus, Minnesota, Montreal all have nine rows, just like the Sharks. Now, when you look at points, this is where it gets a little interesting. Uh, what was my note here? They're only The Sharks are only six points away from teams like Edmonton, Pittsburgh, Buffalo, Minnesota. These teams were kind of teams that were picked to be playoff teams in much better positions than they are. And the Sharks are now, I would say, within striking distance by New Year's, if, if things kind of trend where they are, um, to be catching some of those teams. Now, I don't want them to. I'm not expecting them to. But as the expectations go, those teams are doing disastrously. I can't imagine, especially in Edmonton, the the media, when you have McDavid, the, the best player in the NHL on your team, and the number two best player, Dreisaitl, also there. I, it's unbelievable how terrible Edmonton is. Um, I know we keep talking about this every week, but it's just, it's crazy. So it, it, if the Sharks were able to catch Edmonton, that would just be laughable. Now the Sharks have played 28 games. Edmonton's only played 25. So they'll probably jump up a little bit more in the standings, but still just looking just a quick kind of picture of the standings. It's like, wow, the Sharks, they started off so bad and so far behind. Um, that again, I keep saying market correction. Market correction is in they're not that bad. They're not disastrously NHL record setting bad. They are at the bottom of the league, towards the bottom of the league, but I don't think I don't even think they're the worst team in the league. So it it's nice to see them kind of rebound and and catch some other teams, if you will. Uh, again, I'm thoroughly confused by this team and I don't want them to catch anybody. I want them to stay right where they are. Uh, but, you know, again, the 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 wants of the fans uh, means nothing when, when, when reality strikes. If they're just going to play the way that they've been playing uh, this past week even, or two weeks, you know, they, they've actually played really well even in the losses that they've had. Um, you know, 
first and foremost, again, for me, this season was about just being an entertaining hockey team to watch as a fan. Certainly, uh, over the past month, even they've uh, they've they've gotten to those expectations, right? Um, I, w- I was hoping for <laughs> less points, but uh, again, you know, it's nice to every once in a while to have something like this happen. Um, but again, for me, it's I'm just I'm thoroughly confused on how to feel about this team, Aaron. Because uh, I I would if you're if we're not going to be a playoff team, I want us to be as far down as possible but if we're going to keep racking up points um I, I just i don't know so um anyway that's just it, it's it's confusing time for for the sincere household right now so i just <laughs> thought i'd share with you guys uh the cap is going up aaron uh it's currently 83 and a half million is projected to go up over four million dollars to 87.7 million um Wow, that's that's a pretty big jump. That's a big jump. That's a decent jump. Are they we were used expecting to like one, maybe two million. Yeah, but uh, it had to do with the money that got paid out during uh, COVID and lockdown to the players. Um, the players had to pay that back, the escrow back. And had they done that at the end of last season, which they were close to, we would have seen that jump this season, but they didn't. So we're seeing it next season. Revenues are going up, which is great. When you get Connor Bedard, he's the number one jersey sale in the NHL, which helps. You know, it's just all this all this revenue stuff that that just helps over time and and brings in more money for the league so that the cap can go up. Um, looking at the Sharks' books, we have all they're going to have a lot of cap space next season. Uh, LeBanc comes off at four point seven. Hoffman comes off at four and a half. Duclair comes off at three. Now I'm assuming none of these guys get extended. Um, Barabanov is two and a half coming off. Justin Bailey, it's only seven hundred thousand. I hope he stays. Jacob McDonald, another one that I would love to see stay. Only seven hundred. Uh, Capo Kakinen, two point seven. Um, Oscar Lindblom, two point five. Ryan Carpenter, another seven seventy five. Radim Shimmick, one point one. So that is a lot of money. Coming off the books as just free agents next year, uh, UFAs. Now, some of these guys might get traded. You know, who knows what will come back and some mm-hmm. other pieces. So it's not this isn't definite and for sure what it'll look like. But then you add in another the, the cap going up another 4.2. Um, people were excited for Toronto because Toronto is now going to be able to apparently solve the problem of signing Nylander long term uh, before they you were think separate. that's related, by the way. The cap increase. Yeah, some people no. are like, "Yo, yeah, of course they they raised it enough for it to help Toronto." No, why would the no? Why would the owners? It's buddy. I just like I just like turning you up there, buddy. <laughs> people always think it's Batman, right? Batman is the bad guy. Batman is not the bad guy. Batman is the spokesman for the thirty-two bad guys. There are thirty-two owners that use Batman as the face of the NHL. Right? He takes the brunt of everything, so that they can hide behind the doors and count their money like they're scrooge mcduck but they're the ones that ultimately make the decisions they're not going to be like the 32 guys all whispered to each other the 31 other guys going hey you know what we should really help toronto out here because they're kind of in a crunch let's up this up another four million dollars no come on no that's not how it works so stop with the conspiracy theories nobody cares about toronto if they cared about toronto they would win cups they don't win cups which is fantastic i I hope that gets to a hundred years. 
I hope in my lifetime I never see Toronto win a cup. That would make me happy forever. It's just one of those things that needs to just stay. Just wanted to rally up a little bit there. (laughs) So there you go. Hey, you had talked a little bit about guys being UFAs and, and, you know, uh, some guys might get traded. Well, there were some trade rumors here. Uh, Elliot Friedman actually had talked a little bit about uh, the possibility of Mario Ferraro uh, getting traded. And then you've also got a note here saying Vlasic as well. This one's a little bit news to me in terms of there being actual rumors. I know we've certainly talked about it, and Sharks fans in general would love to get that seven million off the books in in a way that doesn't have it dragging out for you know four extra years or whatever it is for for buyouts and and that kind of thing. So uh, why don't you go ahead and kind of review some of the things that you had heard about this? Uh, I, again, for me, I had only heard about Mario Ferraro uh, and his response to that. Like Ferraro has some very good underlying numbers. Of course, I didn't pull them up, so I don't have them in front of me. But um, it, it's stuff that he he's not a guy that scores a lot of points. So he's not going to be some offensive player. So now you have to kind of look at these other metrics to determine, okay, he's a defensive defenseman. How well does he play? How well does he play amongst compared to others in that same kind of bracket of his uh, salary and his age? It, it, there's a bunch of different factors in there. He's making 3.25 and he signed for another two more seasons. That's really good for on a good team. I'd say he's a top four defenseman. I wouldn't say he's a top defenseman. He's a top four. Um, he would be a solid guy as a number four defenseman, defensive defenseman. And you have a uh, offensive defenseman paired with him. Now, apparently there were some rumors of from last season that Carolina Hurricanes were trying to acquire him. He did play with Burns on the Sharks. That was his linemate for a while and did very well. I wouldn't be surprised if that's why they were kind of going after him to kind of both help Burns and help their team because he's very good defensive. He he is one of the top shot blocking defensemen in the league. Now, granted, that's probably because the Sharks give up so many shots because they're so <laughs> bad, but you take what you can, right? You take the positives and, and he's one of the best shot blocking defensemen that any team would want. So he's great for the penalty kill. He's, He's the guy in the trenches that you always want on your side. And he's a ball of energy, right? You always talk about it. Ball oh, of yeah. energy, great locker room guy. Everybody that plays with him loves him. Just smile on his face. And they joked like, yeah, he, he just needs to go to the dentist because his teeth are so messed up from blocking shots with his teeth. He's so, yeah, um, a beautiful man. He's a beautiful man. But uh He's Real quick, though, Scott, Scott actually has a comment here. He says, Ferraro has a very commanding presence and is well-spoken when interacting with the media. I say he could make a great team captain. I do not disagree. He does have the A on his jersey, does he not? I would say alternate. I wouldn't say captain, only because he's not on the ice as much. On a good team, he wouldn't be on the ice as much as a top defenseman would be. You know what I mean? Usually you yeah. want your the guys who are on the ice the most to be your captain. Usually, not always. I, I don't disagree with it. But I am very happy with him having the A for sure. I just think there might be better other other candidates that would make a better captain. But he's definitely up there. I mean, to me, captaincy, it's a team. It's it's like a, a team of guys. It's not so much one person that is the leader of the entire room. It's right. Th- that's why there's so many, there's a bunch of A's out there too. So um yeah. Anyway, I he's he's a leadership guy. Absolutely. Yeah. So and then with with Vlasic, was there anything specific about Vlasic in terms of getting moved? Um, 
I didn't put the quote down, but it was this is on his 32 his podcast 32 thoughts, I think is what it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um Elliot Freeman. Now Elliot Freeman has been around a long time and he's he's very um in tune with trade rumors. He kind of disclose or uh, finds out about stuff well before anyone else. Kind of like uh Kevin Weeks is another one that finds out trade stuff before they happen and and gets them out there, but um I, he does his due diligence and and uh, is very trustworthy. So he was saying how Vlasic kind of lost his fire, his will, and his fire at, that compared to what he used to have earlier in his career. Um, and that quite didn't that didn't sit quite right with both Quinn, the coach, and uh, even Shang talked about it and asked Quinn in a quote after the game about it. And Quinn was like, "That's just not fair. This guy's out here all the time working hard." And he's gone through a tremendous amount. Now, Quinn kind of mentioned how he's going through a lot. And I think what he meant was outside of hockey. So there's a lot of stuff out there for Vlasic that's a little bit more of a distraction away from hockey that he's also dealing with. So I think that's part of it. But I think, to me, Vlasic, he, he, first of all, he has a no-movement clause, but he has a three-team trade list where he could go without uh, approval. Other than that, it would be a situation similar to Burns where Burns said the same thing, um, a three-team trade list, but Carolina was not on that list, so they asked him if he would waive it, and he did. So that could potentially happen. I don't see the Sharks being able to retain salary, so I think in a situation for Vlasic, it would have to be a competitor looking for probably a defensive defenseman to kill penalties, a veteran presence. He kind of checks off the list, and coming back the Sharks' way would be an equally equal amount or bad contract um, that the Sharks would be able to absorb plus maybe a draft pick to, as a kicker. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think he's untradeable. I do think he is still desirable in the league. I just think the price would be a little bit harder. There's just more, more pieces to move, right? Because he has the no trade clause. So they can't just do it and have him go. He's going to have to approve it. So um, there is interest in the league and, and there was another quote in there. Um, I think it was from Quinn actually, they had asked about, you know, all these trade rumors are just going to keep coming all season long until the trade deadline, because the sharks are just towards the bottom. And he's like, yeah, but it, it's, people are calling about the players to get, it's not Greer on the phone, dealing these players and trying yeah. to move them out. There's a difference. So, Teams are watching the Sharks and seeing good things and saying, hey, we could use that on our team. I'm going to call and inquire about it and see what the cost is. That's what's going on in San Jose right now. So a lot of GMs are going to be calling Greer, kicking the tires, saying, hey, when it's getting closer to trade deadline, don't forget about me. We're interested in this player. Here's what we preliminary offer. Maybe we could do something like this. Then Greer can take that with other guys that other GMs that are going to be calling and asking for the same player and say, well, I kind of have some interest from this team, you know, play off of each other and the price is going to go up and it's going to be great for the Sharks. So yes, of course there are trade talks. It's not going to stop until the trade deadline. Absolutely. Let's go ahead and uh, talk about the upcoming games, which uh, hopefully are just as exciting as this past week, maybe with less points, but uh, we'll, we'll see. Uh, if the Sharks get five of six points in this uh, this this coming week here, I'm, I'm going to be really 
uh, conflicted as to what I want this team to do this season. So we shall see. It, it's happened before. Everybody keeps talking about St. Louis Blues and then when they did their cup run. So uh, who knows? But anyway, that's getting too far ahead of ourselves. And Aaron's already shaking his head. No, I disagree with that too, Aaron. But I'm just saying it's there. Okay, it's happened. Uh, Tuesday against that's tomorrow against the uh, Winnipeg Jets. Uh, Thursday in Arizona, uh, Mullet Arena, still correct. 6 p.m. Uh, Sunday in Colorado, 5 p.m. game. Aaron, um, which of these seem the most winnable? And of course, they're going to end up beating Colorado because Colorado is a good team. We're going to go down by four. Okay. And then we'll send it to overtime. <laughs> is that how you see these playing out? I hope not. I, I, I don't know if I could take it, man. I, or they're going to score five and be like, okay, well. Now, now it's time. It's time to turn it on, boys. Let's see it. I'll still watch because I'll be expecting it at this point, right? Yeah. All right. Win- Winnipeg Jets. Hey. Uh, talk, talk to me about the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, how are they doing this season? The Sharks have a pretty good chance to, to take them down. They're a good team. They are. Uh, I think they're doing better than most people thought they were. They were going to see people were expecting a more of a regression than uh, what's going on in Winnipeg. But uh, they're 16, 8, and 2. And on the road, they're eight, three, and one. So this is gonna be a tough team. Um, they're seven and three in their last ten. They're on a four-game winning streak. Wow. So things aren't looking good against the Winnipeg Jets. However, they are playing them at home. The Sharks are at home. So um there's I think I think what Greer, remember he had his meeting, I think he he kind of put his foot down saying we need to play better at home. They just played really well on the road. Yeah. So hopefully they can get that momentum, keep that up at home. I think it'll be a good game. Um, but a Tuesday night against Winnipeg, I bet it's going to be dead in the Shark Tank just because it's a Tuesday night. Tuesday night games don't do very well. Thursday and Saturdays are much better. But yeah, not looking good. <laughs> not looking good on uh, you know on Winnipeg. No. So CJ, uh, first of all, CJ, apologize for the late entrance. CJ, you never have to apologize, buddy. We're we're happy to have you in here, so don't you worry about that. And he says, just finished a birthday dinner. If that's your birthday, happy birthday, CJ. If it's not your birthday, you didn't need to tell us that and give me false hopes of getting cake, okay? But he's got an idea. Since Paul's making his predictions every week, uh, what if there's a segment called Paul's Picks? Or, and then he goes down and says, <laughs> Paul Stradamus, Paul Stradamus's Picks. Um the, the reason we don't have that segment, CJ, is that I don't want to be on the hook for being wrong. Uh, so I try to pick and choose uh, where I like it. But you know what? I'm feeling it, Aaron. I'm going to do it right now. Winnipeg, we're taking them, baby. At home, the Sharks coming off of a great uh, road trip there uh, in the last uh, last week, picking up five out of six points. Uh, I'm, I'm feeling it. I'm thinking that you know they, they play a team like Vegas and they get that close. And, uh, you know, they come back home with some of that momentum and they just take it to the Jets who are due for a loss. You just said they were going four straight on a four game winning streak. I think uh, I think we put an end to it right there at home against the Winnipeg Jets. That's my Paul Stradamus pick for the week. Uh, So there you go, CJ. And hopefully I'm not wrong because it sucks being wrong. But uh, (laughs) anyway, Thursday, Arizona Coyotes. Uh, Aaron, does the uh, intimate... Uh, what do you call it? Uh, atmosphere of Mullet Arena <laughs> proved too much for the San Jose Sharks. Uh, no, I think the Sharks will be able to to do well. I think they usually play well in Arizona. Uh, there is somebody in our in our chat that is going to be at that game. Um, they mentioned it way earlier, and I forgot who it was. 
But uh, somebody in here is going to be at the game. They live in Arizona, so they'll be at the Sharks game there at the game. Um, that I think we've talked about this before. I think next season I'm going to book a flight out to Arizona and go to a game when the Sharks play out there. I think we should do that. I think it'd be fun because being in Mullet Arena would be awesome, and the <laughs> Sharks will have a lot more. Hopefully, Will Smith will be there and some other younger guys um, will be on the roster by then. So um, it'll be exciting and a fun little getaway i guess for maybe a night you know doesn't have to be a whole weekend but it could be cool so yeah going back to this game though uh arizona i don't know if you you've been paying attention really in the league they played the last five stanley cup winners the last teams that won the last five cups they beat them all in a row wow so that was their claim to fame is that we just beat the last five Stanley Cup winners <laughs> in back to back to back to back to back games. It's a big Fantastic. deal. Fantastic. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Why not? Like they beat Vegas. They beat all these other teams. So um they're not they're not the pushovers that they once were, I don't know, handful of years ago, where they were they were really bad and historically bad in the league. Um, Nick is letting us know that we actually play Arizona on Friday. So oh, really? for, yeah. So for those of you, I don't know if that was changed or not, but, um, yeah, Tuesday, Winnipeg Friday, uh, in Arizona. So if you are looking to go to that game, don't yeah. show up on a Thursday because it will be very lonely. In front of no, I did that. I mean, just absolutely freaking embarrassing. They put, they're playing them. They're playing Arizona again next Thursday. Okay, there you go. I just bought my tickets for that game, so I will be at that game next Thursday. That's at home. Thursday. At home next Okay, yeah, I thought you were going week. to Arizona. No, 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 no. Next yeah, week, yeah. they're going to play Arizona on Thursday. Oh, you know, I can't lie. It was, you know, a lot last you know, month, and and it was a lot of talking and, and uh, thinking of everything. And... <laughs> okay. Uh, Peter St. John says, I think if you guys go down to there to Arizona, you should wear mullet wigs. That would be cool. And Noah Claxton <laughs> says, you guys have to let us know which days you book. I live in SoCal and would love to go to the game in Arizona with you guys. Yeah, that'd be fun. If we do ever go to uh, another arena like that on some sort of a shark trip, we'll certainly let you guys know uh, when and where, obviously, we would be doing that. For- that'd be fun, man. We could do a yeah. Kings game and a Ducks game. and a- I'd go up to Seattle, too. That'd be fun. Do the whole West Coast plus Vegas and Arizona. Yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, Paul picking his nose with the Quinn voiceover. Freaking embarrassing. Oh, is this for Paul Stradamus? I'd be picking my nose, apparently. Okay. There you go. Uh, Nick says he'll be at that game, AA Ron. Next Thursday. Excellent. There you go. I'll be there. Yeah. I'll be in uh, 108. No. Hold on. Uh, from experience, Nick's pretty good about uh, meeting you outside of the section and uh, you know saying what's up and chatting it up a bit there. So sorry, other end. I'll be at one twenty-three. That's where I'm at. Behind the goal that the sharks shoot on once. There you are. Uh, if I go see the sharks play this Friday, should I have a sign that says the Fin Factor? Hope that the camera sees me. Yeah, that'd be awesome. We'd appreciate the heck out of that one, Grandizer. Appreciate you um let's see here sunday in colorado 5 p.m game uh colorado i I mean honestly 
Colorado, I just love watching Kale McCarr do his thing. It's not, for me, it's not even about Nathan McKinnon. It's not about Miko Rantanen. It's not about anybody else. For me, I just love watching Kel McCarr skate. I love watching him handle the puck. He's just such an amazing player and one of those guys that um, me and my sons, we watch clips of him doing his thing. Uh, Crosby for his puck protection skills. Uh, McCarr for his edge work and skating. Uh, just amazing stuff. So I'll certainly be watching this game, loving every minute of it. Uh, the guy is just such an amazing talent, and I can't believe that there are so many teams that uh, just didn't recognize how good this guy was going to be. Um, yeah, so for me, that's what I'll be watching at the uh, Colorado game there. Well, I mean, he was a fourth overall pick. Not like he there, But still, missed in the draft. three teams ahead? Well, hold on a second. Okay, who let's were see who, ahead who of got him? picked ahead. Yeah, who got picked ahead of him? That's... Uh, Nico Hischer, Nolan Patrick, bust, Miro Heiskanen, then Kale McCarr. I'll take McCarr over Heiskanen, though. But no, the, there's no at the draft time. I, I take. McCarr I mean, I would all day. Absolutely, I would. But at draft time, you sure. know, it, it, that's a toss-up. Sure. I I I would be pissed if I took Nolan Patrick and not Kale McCarr. Yeah. That that would suck. And then right after Kale McCarr was Elias Pettersson. I mean, those four of those top five guys, top five picks are all-star, superstar players. Yeah. It's great. Get on with it! So we're done with uh, the upcoming games for the week, I suppose. There you go. Good night. Get on with it! Noah Claxton says, no more Colorado play- praise. Fin factor, not abs factor. Hey, man, like uh, I can appreciate other hockey players. It's all good. But yeah, certainly this is a Sharks show. And of course, I'm going to wrap the show up with something that's not Sharks related at all. It's the NHL Mobile Museum. Aaron, you've got some graphic here and a little bit to talk about uh, before we wrap the show. So go ahead. Sure. This is uh, coming next week, December 18th and 19th. It's going to be at Sharks Ice in San Jose. It is a mobile, what's it called? A mobile uh, museum set that's coming. Um, they, uh, they're on the road, so they've been cr- going across the entire country here. It's 840 square feet of history, including exclusive artifacts from players from a wide array of backgrounds. Um, part of it is there's a virtual reality experience, adaptive hockey display, um, there's a bunch of voices, so a bunch of people talking on, on certain, uh, what do you call it? Um, oh, I'm getting tired now. Things at the museums, <laughs> exhibits, Things. uh, there's, <laughs> there's profiles on certain players. Um, there's a profile on our Mike Greer for being the NHL's first black general manager. So there's a little sharks angle in there. I wouldn't be surprised if they have something on, uh, Oh my gosh, I'm I'm fading, man. Dan Rusinowski because he just got elected into the Hall of Fame, so I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if they have some stuff in there. Um, so be sure to check out all the uh, NHL things in the Mobile Museum. It's, just, it's a cool thing. It's on the road, and they're going to each NHL city, and it happens to be in San Jose next week. So it's here on Monday and Tuesday from three to nine p.m. at Sharks Ice. So it'll be parked out in the parking lot, I guess, because it's a it's a beautiful. Uh, Hey, can I just say that thing. you sold that incredibly well, by the way. And speaking of selling things, if you guys are interested in supporting the show, you can go to the finfactor.com 
and buy things uh, like this hat right here. You can go ahead and check out any of the stuff that we have. Aaron, do you still have the toaster on you? Because you can buy stickers and you guys can put them on your toasters as well. They are toaster approved. Um, we also have uh, sweatshirts and hoodies and all those types of things. There you go, Aaron. Nice display there. Uh, if you would like to also support the show by uh, leaving a comment that we can read live on the air, you can do that through Super Chat Function or as Super Producer Jason has right there on Venmo at The Fin Factor. And anything that you uh, put in there, again, we'll read it live or on the next show. And, of course, that does help support the show. So we do appreciate you guys doing that. Aaron, uh, the last thing I'm going to say here from the comment section, at least, is CJ saying, thank you guys for your consistency and content. I usually listen to the podcast, but it's fun to be a part of the live. Big ups to the producing as well. The clips are always well-timed and hilarious. Thank you, guys. Well, hey, CJ, thank you so much for that. We really do appreciate your comment there. Certainly does mean a lot, and it helps keep us going, of course. Uh, when the Sharks have been kind of bad for quite a few seasons, sometimes it's a little difficult to do this show. But I have to say, uh, getting you guys here in the chat and, uh, you know, you guys contributing to the show certainly does help quite a bit. So, again, we, we do appreciate you and uh, the, the kind words there as well. And, and for Super Producer Jason as well, you said big ups to the producing. Yes, uh, we just sit here and talk. Uh, Super Producer Jason does uh, all the work to make us actually look good. So, uh, again, thank you so much to Super Producer Jason as well. And then you just put something up there. Uh, oh, yeah, when's the last time somebody made a body tingle reference? Lately? Oh, <laughs> I don't know. That's been a long time coming, bud. So I just wrote. It's been way too long. It's, it has. Yeah, there you go. All right. Uh, looks like people are signing off here. Peter St. John. Thank you, boys. Take care and have a great week. Peter St. John, thank you as well. And for everybody, thank you guys once again making this show uh, as fun as it is. Uh, please make sure that you share this, repost it, retweet it, whatever, to your Sharks friends and family. Get them in here for the next time we go live. And again, if you're not subscribed and you don't know when we go live, geez, why not? Just hit the button. Hit the button and hit the uh, the little notification bell, and you will know when we're doing live. It only happens once a week, so it's not like we're going to bombard you with a bunch of junk. Okay? So it's a, it's a good subscribe, if you and it's free. So there you go. <laughs> so... Also, uh going to plug uh spotify we're looking yeah. to increase our viewership on there you can either watch or just listen on spotify so just type in the fin factor and you'll find us there is it viewership as a podcast or is it listenership podcast if it's just audio it's listenership right okay. but it uh, spotify shows the video as well so you could watch the show on spotify <laughs> nick says will the new set be available next week Yes, it, it will be. Will we be on it and using it? I don't <laughs> know. <laughs> we'll find out. <laughs> so stay tuned. And in fact, subscribe so that you see us on the next show. And then you'll know whether or not we have the uh, the set right at a Is it better to listen on Spotify or Apple? I'll let super producer Jason answer that because I actually don't know. That is a good question. Uh, high chance we will be on set, says super producer Jason. For next week and i'm sure super producer jason will answer your spotify or apple question in just a second here but for me i don't really care where you listen as long as you are listening being a uh, part of the show and part of the yeah. community so there you go there you go whatever is convenient to catch your episode either works there you are but if you have spotify we are looking to bump up uh, our spotify numbers quite a bit so if uh, you could listen to us there that'd be awesome too Okay, Aaron, anything else? Any last second comments? Any last second, uh, you know, things from the chat? Anything like that? 
No, I'll just uh, I'll be at the game next Thursday, and uh, we'll have another show in between now and then. But I'll remind you. So, take, oh, it's super producer Jason will be coming with me as well, so we'll both be there. Paul doesn't like the sharks, so he will not be there. Wow, <laughs> rude. All right, well, uh, if you guys go ahead and hit up uh, Aaron and super producer Jason, and they will, I'm sure, meet you outside of one of the sections and uh, shake your hand or something. I don't know. Anyway. For Super Producer Jason, I'm Paul. And I'm Aaron. And we will see you guys next week from the set. Next week on the set, of course. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. If you like this episode, check out our other content, especially interviews. You can interact with us directly through social media at The Fin Factor and on Instagram at Fin Factor. And don't forget to join our live streams on YouTube. Visit our website at thefinfactor.com where you'll find all of our episodes as videos or podcasts. You'll also find our exclusive merchandise to help support our show.